Bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. It's time! Let's go, everybody. Welcome to 2, 5, and 10. Playoffs are here. we got the first round prediction episode. Benny, what up, baby? It's go time. Both our teams are in it for the for, in a real playoffs. I don't count the play-in tournament shit that the Rangers are in during covid but the first time both our teams are in the playoffs in a few years now, so we both have something to play for. We both have something to root for, especially now that we have the opportunity where we both handle our business. We're facing each other in the second round. Handle my business. <laughs> Let's go. So, yeah, this is our first round uh, prediction episode. Uh, our playoff episodes are usually – the most fun that we have throughout the season besides July 1st. Well, now it's just to kick off a free agency whenever that happens. Um, our own quote-unquote bracket challenge. We will not go into, once we make our first round predictions, what we think will happen in the second or third round in this episode. We save that until the actual results come in. But We save that for the next round. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> but... Uh, we do go into a little more detail that allows us to go into a little more detail each episode because we're not trying to squeeze in four rounds predictions. We do one round, a little bit in-depth analysis for each matchup, uh, should talk each other, and then move on. It's, it's pretty simple. I mean, basic math. So I always like to start out West because I know everybody, most everybody who's listening uh, is a fan of an Eastern Conference team, so we like to keep them on the hook a little bit. Um, so let's start out West. Let's start in the Central Division. We're going to go Colorado, the number one seed, playing Nashville, the number eight seed. And then we have Minnesota uh, finishing second in the Central, playing St. Louis, who finished third. In that bracket itself, who do you got and why? In that bracket itself, I will start with Colorado-Nashville matchup. I am a huge Nashville guy. Everybody knows that through and through. I do believe that Nashville is going to give Colorado a handful. Yeah. I think as for team-wise, depth-wise, uh, Nashville has it. I do not think, though, that they can compete with the uh, 
I guess we'll call them the big maroon machine that is Colorado, <laughs> which they've been all year. I am going to go Colorado in six, um, but I don't think it's an easy, easy day for them. I remember Daryl Sutter was, you know, what, what was it, a month ago now, two months ago now, said, you know, you don't want Colorado, you'll be done in four games. I don't see it that way. I, I think Nashville, I mean, throughout the year too, Nashville actually has them in the season series this year, which I think for them, I mean, going at it, Nashville leads the season series 3-1-0 and this year. So... I think a little bit of that is on their side. Uh, I, I think for question marks, right? Cause, cause we're always going to go to players and so on and so forth. Question mark. Number one, does Nazem Kadri play a whole series to be determined? Or does he get suspended uh, in game two again? <laughs> exactly. You know, um, I think that is one thing that is also waving over Colorado's head a little bit was their performance last year after having such a good year as well. So I think this is kind of a redemption year for them. Uh, I think that they need to be a team that is not just a regular season domination machine and then get to the playoffs and shit the bed at every year. So yeah, I think conference uh, capitals under Bruce Spujo. Yeah. I, I just think that they, they need to be able to perform and to, you know, to kind of prove their, their worth a little bit. Uh, Kiel McCarr, I think he is going to continue what he's done this year. He has just been a force. Uh, I know the playoffs is a little bit different, but talk about Norris guys up against each other. Kiel McCarr versus Roman Yossi first round. I think that is going to be incredible to watch. Uh, I want to see if Matt Duchesne can continue what he has done this regular season with the 45 goals he's had. I, I think a lot his, of uh, skull yet after that Lucy shit. Oh, I don't know. I think it's in the third row in the uh, Bridgestone Arena there. But uh, I, I think a lot of that for Nashville is going to be crucial on as to can he continue to produce? Can Philip Forsberg continue to produce? And at this point with what Colorado brings, is Yeoman, uh, Yeoman Rossi's 30 minutes a game even going to be a factor with what Colorado can throw at them consistently over the boards? Yeah, I mean, it would be nice if Nashville still had uh, Ryan Ellis back there that just add another top four body. Um, for me, like you s- said, all the pressure is on Colorado. Agreed. Yep. So if Nashville wins game one on the road in Colorado. Colorado needs game two. Yeah. I'm even just thinking if Nashville pulls off game one, they're guaranteed to split on a road before going back to Smashville. It's, what's Colorado's mindset on in a locker room after after potentially losing game one? All the pressure's on them before the series even starts. You have to make it. You have to break through. This is the year. You have to break through. You lose in the second round. I think it's three years in a row now when you've been the most talented team or one of the most talented team in the league. And now Nashville, who has the goaltending, who has Roman Yossi and a solid supporting cast on the back end, who's ha- who have a couple guys up front that are talented, like you said. Now all of a sudden, Nashville's f- flying. They're playing free and easy because we already got our split. All the pressure's on them anyway. This is all fucking gravy right now. And then they start believing in it. Like, we can pull this off. If Columbus can beat Tampa, Nashville can beat Colorado. It's kind of the mindset they're going to have. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if I trust Kemper to be the goaltender that 
pulls them over the hump. Do I think they're going to knock it over the hump in the first round against Nashville? No. I think it's going seven. I think Colorado pulls it out because Nashville's just, seven. Okay. Nashville's just a bitch of a team to draw in the first round. Yeah, they're not an easy yeah. team. And it's like <laughs> you're, you're consistently – they got fucking Borvietsky back there who, I mean, just been this whole year – He's just been their wrecking ball. I like Just Janelle. fucking into everything. Janot's been fucking a moose. Like, <laughs> I, I just think that, yeah, it's not an easy draw. I do think Colorado gets by him, but I, I think for round two, Colorado versus whoever you believe is making it between Minnesota and St. Louis, I think that other team is going to be just as beat to shit, though. That, yeah, that is – that's – yeah, so it's maybe Colorado gets to the conference finals. Yeah, I think for me, Colorado, it's kind of like Florida in the East. They just need to get that one series win, and then mm-hmm. kind of the weight's off their shoulders a little bit in a way, and they'll be good to go. I just think they were probably hoping to face Dallas in the first round. They were hoping Dallas to jump over the Predators, but you're going to earn your stripes in this first round matchup. I think it's going to be tough. I think it's not going to be a three, one series lead for Colorado going into game five. I think it's going to be one, one, two, two, three, two, three. Like it's going to be that type of series. They just have enough offensive depth to pull it out. I don't think Nashville can keep up in that way. So that's going to be the deciding factor for me there. So Colorado on seven. All right. Uh, The next series in that same central division we have the number two minnesota wild versus the number three st louis blues who you got benny so this was the one matchup in the west that i kept going back and forth on and you know both teams have a couple former rangers on there so it's kind of hard to choose there you got cam talowit but by the way who's going to be starting game one for the wild you trade you make the trade for flurry because of talbot kind of uh, leveling off after his hot start to the year, going to the All-Star game. And then ever since you get Flurry, Talbot's undefeated with a 9-2-5 save percentage. So if, you, if you're Everson, who are you starting in game one? Let's just start there. All right. Uh, this is who I believe. I, I believe you go with Flower game one. Okay. Um, as for what happens after that, the TBD, but I will say Flower gets the game one start. Uh, this will not be a Las Vegas of last year where I do think that if Everson does pull the plug on Flower, it's Talbot the rest of the way. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be – there will be no uh, no Peter DeBoer here. It will be one <laughs> or the other. And with that, for whatever reason, in my own mind, in my own being, I think Flower can get him over the hump here. I think I like Minnesota. I don't know why. Like St. Louis is, it's a team that has been together for years and years. You have the superstars on the team, but at the same time, there's been a lot of hockey played the last couple of years for this team. Bennington is not what he has been. I, I like Minnesota for whatever. I I got mini and seven. Okay. Yeah. So I went with Minnesota too, and I kind of hit on this in the last, uh, episode that we recorded just because of their defensive depth. I think offensively, Agreed. both teams line up pretty well. Uh, you have Tarasenko, O'Reilly, Shen, um, 
Kairu Buchnevich on the blue side. On a wild, they're obviously led by Fiala. Kaprizov, Zuccarello had a career year. Hartman had a career year. I just think in goal, it's a pretty even matchup, maybe a slight edge to Minnesota. But on defense, the dumba Brodine pairing is just going to eliminate the Blues' top line for 25 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a deciding factor for me. I know the Blues spent a lot of money on their back end. I don't think Tori Krug is the number one guy. I don't think Perenko is the number one guy. They're just solid contributors, and I think that's going to be the deciding factor for me. But I'm going Minnesota in six. Okay. Yeah, I just – I don't know what it is. You know, like, just sometimes you just have a hunch with a team, and you're like, I, yeah. I, I just like it. Like, that, that, that's the way I feel with the Wilds. Like, they've just been playing good hockey. They're just a well-coached team. Yeah, I, I want to see, and this is just on a personal level, as to how do their forwards respond playing against the forwards of St. Louis? And I'm not bringing the D part. I just mean Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko, like all these guys that they're going to play against. And if he can get through, I would love to see Matt Boldy have a playoff. Yeah. Like just come through and just have a year. Like, I think that'd be awesome for development. And I mean, the kid's a good hockey player. So well, I'm it's going to be whatever. nice. I think when I'm looking at the, the lines and the matchups and everything, the one matchup that you might not think of when you're, when you're starting to analyze the Blues versus the Wilds that I am hoping to see is Green Ray versus Shen. I feel like uh, two big yeah. bodies, boy. <laughs> so I, I just think it's going to get both teams. All the games that they played this year have been really entertaining hockey. So I think they're going to try and button that up a little bit. And they're going to try and do so by playing physically. And Shen leads the way up, up front for St. Louis. And Greenway is the big boy from Minnesota. So I think they're going to end up meeting somewhere on the ice at some point, And it's going to be a good old fashioned uh, playoff scrum. I like it. So, all right. So we both got Colorado. We both got Minnesota advancing to the second round. We'll move over to the Pacific division. We have the number one seed in that division bracket, the Calgary flames playing the Dallas stars. And then we have the number two Edmonton Oilers playing the number three, Los Angeles Kings. Who do you got? Let's do LA versus Edmonton first. It kills me to say it. I have the Oilers. Uh, <laughs> I do. Well, no, it's like I think Philip Deneau is going to be very effective in this series. Yeah, Deneau and Kopitar. I, I just think that at some point one of them's going to get through, and whether it's McDavid or Dreisaitl. Like I feel like you can blanket them, but at some point they're going to push through. Um, unfortunate end because, believe me, like – on a personal level, I would love to see LA win. Fuck I just don't think it's. <laughs> I just, I just don't think it's going to happen. And, uh, I mean Edmonton in the second round. Uh, I mean I, I believe they're gonna. It's going to be a nice battle of Alberta, but we can get to that series after. But um, I, I just, to me as a whole, Edmonton doesn't have the deaf round two. But yeah, I just, I, I just think that they're too good for LA. That that's all it comes down to for me. Yeah, this is the ideal matchup for Edmonton, only because they're playing a team that has the same type of issues as them, but without the offensive firepower. 
Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, it's like the perfect reverse. Yeah, matchup. it's the only matchup that Edmonton is going to be fairer to win out of all the other East uh, Western playoff teams that they could have faced. They're playing a team. Both goaltending situations are unsettled. Both teams' back end are basically led by guys that are way past their prime. Um, and then up front, you have mostly defensive guys on LA, Kopitar and Deneau, against McDavid and Dreisaitl. And even if Kopitar or Deneau shuts down McDavid, then you still have to deal with Dreisaitl. And if somehow you shut him down, you still got to deal with Nugent Hopkins. So I just think... Like you said, Edmonton has just too much offensive capability where they'll be able to get by L.A. I'm doing Edmonton in five. Oh, I didn't give a number. I'm sorry about that. Um, Yeah, I feel the same. I'll say Edmonton in six. I think L.A. will be able to grind out one or two. But, yeah, six max. Fuck the Kings. Um, and then we move still, <laughs> still bitter after all these years too, man. That's my laces out. <laughs> um, and then a the final first round match about West, the Calgary flames against the Edmonton, uh, against the Dallas stars. I know you were on a Calgary flames bandwagon way back in preseason. So ride them here, right? Oh, ride the boys. Um, I'd like to say a sweep, but I'm going to add one more game just to make it. The, I think Calgary in five. Uh, too big, too strong, too deep. Uh, I know Dallas had come in playing good hockey. that They had to get into the dance, but this is a team that has just been rolling. Um, they're another team in the sense of Edmonton where, you know, you might try to shut one of them down, whether you go for Johnny Goudreau, but th- then you have, you know, Ben's boy, Matty Kachuk right behind them. I just think this team is – they have been playing too good for this to end right now. I have Calgary in it, – it's not even close. Not even close. Yeah, you had that first line, Goodrow, uh, Lindholm, and Kachuk all scored 40 goals. Uh, Goodrow and Kachuk all, both reached 100 points. And then you followed it up yeah, up front. I know you have Blake Coleman – uh, they made the trade for Toffoli. You had a, a career year for managing Apani. You made the trade for Young Croak. Luches on a fourth line with Dylan Dubé. Like they have really solid offensive depth. Uh, Markstrom and goal on defense still not have true number one. They kind of do it by committee, which isn't a knock on the guys themselves. It's just not a true number one, and you've seen plenty of teams. I advanced past the first round without a Norris trophy or a franchise defenseman on the back end. So on paper, the matchup is just not all that fair. The one thing that makes me hesitate to call it a sweep or an easy series is Ottinger's playing goal. And you know what it's like to get a hot goaltender, steal you one game, make you believe. Oh, yeah, he's a wild card right now. Absolutely. Yeah, and then you have the best defenseman on both rosters is on Dallas. The second best defenseman on both rosters is on Dallas in Klingberg and Hiskinen. And then you have the top line of on Dallas's end who can control a series if you wanted to. And then you follow it up with obviously a declining Jamie Benn. Uh, Sagan, who hasn't really gotten going ever since coming back from his uh, offseason sh- surgery from the last year's deep playoff run to the Stanley Cup final. 
I mean, you still have Pavelski there who's producing, signed a one-year extension. The forward depth kind of drops off a little bit there, even though I do like the addition of Mesnikov for the fourth-line center role. I'm going Dallas in seven. That's my pick. You're fucking, you are fucking high. <laughs> That's my pick. I'm going Dallas in seven. I got to go one upset in every year's first round. Every year's I, I first just, round, I have to choose an upset. I, I just don't even think that one's fucking close. <laughs> like, I just, like, not even in the least. You know, listen, when we're that, recording in about seven to ten days, and it's a two games to none lead for Dallas, we can reevaluate. We can reevaluate. That's <laughs> fine. But I just. Uh, heading out east to the Atlantic Division, we have the number one Florida Panthers against Wild Card 2 in the Washington Capitals. Who you got? This is my not even close series. Just like you have Calgary and Dallas. Goaltending is abysmal for the Caps. I mean, the Rangers just played them recently, and uh, Sam Sanoff on. He faced about 30, 31 shots. I would say on about a third of them, he didn't even know where the puck was. That It wasn't even in the offensive zone. Like That's how lost this kid is. But even if they go to Vanacek, he's not, he's not uh, saving anybody's ass either. Ovechkin is going to be playing through what seems like a pretty significant injury. Um, he will be playing, though. And I don't know. The Caps just don't have it. They're not a team that's going to drive puck possession and kind of play that keep away game that you can that can handle an offensive juggernaut like Florida. Uh, Ekblad is hopefully, according to reports today, coming back for maybe game one, but most likely game two. And that's just another deciding factor. My only thing is, just like they shouldn't have fucked around last year, they shouldn't fuck around this year and start Pabrowski. From game one should be Spencer Knight. That's your kid. And then if he somehow falters, then you can go to Borowski. I don't care how much he makes. If you're trying to win a Stanley Cup, that's all that fucking matters. It cost them last year when they blew game one with Bob and Nett. Um, so they can't they can't open up the door for Washington. So if I was Brunette, I would start Knight and Goal. But this one, I'm going Florida in four. Clean sweep. See, I, I, I don't think so. I, I think that even with, uh, I mean, you're 100% right. The, the goaltending in Washington is awful. But I, I just feel like Washington still has, and I know we've talked about their core getting older and everything else, but these guys still get it done. And you, you get to play off hockey. I mean, that's TJ Oshie's bread and butter. You have a guy like Tom Wilson who had a career year who's finally out there. I do think that Florida does win this series, but I'm going to go Florida in six. I, I think okay. Washington can steal two. A little bit more of a series. Yeah, I just, uh, like you said, I mean, as questionable as the goaltending is in Washington, I mean, in Florida, it's that way sometimes too. And I know Bob has played a lot better this year, but like you said last year, you know, if he ends up being that one question mark in the series, fucking see you later because you played him one game too many. Yeah, But cool. I do think that they will get through. So I'm going to go Florida and six. I will say, have you really going out on a limb here picking all the favorite seeds so far? <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's just one of those things as to I, I don't know who to uh, 
Uh, I mean, I guess I could have went St. Louis, but I mean, if a three beats a two, is that really <laughs> a big upset? I don't know. But all right, so we both agree on Florida. The other matchup we got here is the number two Toronto Maple Leafs against number three, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Back to back Stanley Cup, defending Stanley Cup champs who had a little bit of that rut at the end of the season before turning it on at the end. Stamkos, 33 points in 16 games uh, to wrap up the season. Yeah, Matthews, Marner, uh, Nylander, Tavares. Is this the year Toronto makes it out of the first round? Dude, this was the hardest one to pick for me. Like this one, I would just like I just kept looking at it. Like you know, you just tap in the pencil. You're like, <laughs> I, I, it's like I can neutralize this. All right, X across the board. I can do that. I can do this. Blah blah. It's going seven. I agree. I, agree. I have Tampa beating Toronto in seven. I agree. I just think that Toronto's biggest question mark, day in and day out is going to be that goaltending, and I think that Vasilevsky still got it. Like, I just... I can't it's nothing against Tampa Bay until proven, proven otherwise. It's it's like when uh, Sid and Ovi would play against each other in the playoffs. Yeah. You know? And th- this is the other part of it, too, right? Like, like for your sake, do you, even if Toronto was playing somebody else, I still think they're the biggest question mark because... You don't know if you can trust them. Yeah. And especially now they're the home team. So first two games at home, besides Colorado, I think they have the most pressurized an organization. Oh, big time. Big like, time. And if Toronto loses game one, if Toronto loses game one, yep. Yep. they're it's shit. shit show. Yep. Th- that's going to be it. So th- I, they probably were, would rather open up on a road, to be honest. I agree. You're out of that mecca. You're out of the hub. You're out of the media circus a little. I mean, it'd still be a circus, but wouldn't be as bad being on the road down in Tampa. I agree 100%. They they lose game one. They're fucked. So, yeah, it's hard to bet it against Vasilevsky. And I know Matthews, 60 goals. Marner was, in a weird way, underrated this year um, in terms of, like, national coverage everything is about matthews but when you look at tampa and you see stamkos on line two kucherov line one you have points guys that you can roll out there then you still have the back end with mcdonough headman sergachev and then if all that fails oh yeah just the best overall goaltender in the entire world with the best coach in the entire world (laughs) <laughs> Whoa, he admitted it. <laughs> there it is. There it is, ladies. I've been waiting years for this. I can actually hear my wife just get up off the couch because she did not expect me to stream like that. <laughs> there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Ben is finally admitted. You know what? Tampa's winner at all just because of that. Ben Ben giving out a compliment. Tampa's winner at all. We can we'll talk in we'll talk in July. <laughs> but after free agency. It's just it's like when uh the Yankees in the late 90s and early 2000s and the Patriots of the last 15 years, until proven up, proven otherwise, did a team to beat. And I don't think – is Tampa Bay susceptible this year? I think this is – with all the mileage that they have on their bodies. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, th- this would be the year they're susceptible. Yeah. They've played a lot of hockey. Team. 
No, I, I agree with that. So I think it goes seven. I'm sure Florida hopes it goes seven. So both teams beat the shit out of each other for seven and then they get the scraps. But if it's a close series, I'm always going to be giving the edge to Tampa Bay at this point still. I, I think Tampa gets that no matter who they're playing at this point, yeah. especially in the playoffs. Either beat them early or you're fucked. Yeah, and like we said, game one I think is huge. It's huge. So moving to the Metro division, where somehow both of our teams are in that division bracket. <laughs> um, we'll start off Carolina against the Boston Bruins. I'll go first since I know it's your team. This was the hardest series in the East for me. Because, you don't have to worry about my feelings, pal. No, no, no. You, you can... <laughs> I mean, at this point, I know you know this is gravy from where you thought they would be this year. So, um, This was hardest for me because you look at a team like Carolina, they don't have – I mean, they have Ajo, they have Shachnikov up front. It's not like they don't have superstars. But if you're going based on – can a team be carried by their three or four best players on the ice? That's Boston. You have McAvoy. Lindholm's played well for you guys. And then you have Bergeron, Marshan, Pasta. I mean, even if Pasta's on a second line, you have DeBrusque up front. That even fortifies you guys even more. Carolina just has depth. They can roll four lines. They have the team speed. They, no matter what situation on the ice... PK, even strength, power play, they play the exact same way. They play on their toes. You're on your heels. They're a bitch of a team to play against. I initially had Carolina in seven until Freddie Anderson's missing game one. Dude, I that that changed the whole thing for me. Yep. I thought they the were just thing. resting him until the playoffs. Now that he's missing game one, there's not even a guarantee he plays in game two. But let's say he only misses one game. One game is what was deciding the series for me before that news because I had Carolina in seven. If Boston does not take advantage, I mean, anti Ronta is not a bad goaltender. But if they do not take advantage and win game one, it's going to be a short series. They have to win game one with Anderson out. I think they will. I think they got a split in Carolina, and then Carolina's to go on a road to Boston in an even series. It's not going to be fun. And not to mention this, the, Carolina gets the shit end of the stick on where they come out here. They come up here for a Friday night game. They're going to get out of work and start fucking, like, it's going to be rowdy <laughs> Friday night, and then you get a 12.30 Sunday Mother's Day matinee. Yep, and just wait until Shrestenkoff endears himself to you guys with his borderline shit play that he, he somehow incorporated into his game now. Um, and But I'm going Boston in seven just because of that Freddie Anderson missing game one scenario. This is the way I looked at it. Like, this is what screamed at me when – they said he's not going to start it due to an injury. We win game one. Yep. They rush him back for game two, not at 100%. He either gets re-injured completely or mentally he doesn't think he can win her. And to me, that that's one of the biggest things. Because I, I do believe that if this was Freddie Anderson and Nett, 
I probably say Carolina. Yeah, like a healthy Freddie mean. Anderson. That that that's what I'm thinking. Um, I I still think their third and fourth line are going to chew you boys up. See, I, I think our third line is neutral. I, I mean, I'm scared of our fourth line a little bit. Um, like I said last week, I mean, Felino's playoffs the last couple of years have just been a battered body, <laughs> and, and I just think that. It would be one of those things where, you know, output-wise, I think he's fine. I do think he can make a difference on the fourth line for us. But if he looks like he's in pain or that body's beat up, I mean, you make the switch to somebody else. We're actually um, – we called up Chris Wagner for the playoffs because okay. he played that last game for us. So he definitely knows that fourth line role. He's been in a Stanley Cup final with us. So he definitely understands as to what a role is and what his role would be. Um, I mean, we, we've talked about our first line. We know that we know our first and second line are both going. I, I think that 11, 12, 13 line is going to be huge here. And I, I wish I pulled the stats. I had read them early. I don't want to like push them out, but so anytime Boston has started the third line and Trent Frederick and X amount of games this year, his output level has been insane. So I, I'm hoping that th- they just start that third line within the first minute. They pop a goal in, and then Carolina's on their heels. Um, no, th- this isn't going to be easy. I think it's going to be a battle. I do think that in the end, um, our number our number one line is going to take it over. I, I think that that's the thing. Your number one line and McAvoy on the back end is better than their top line and uh, Slavin. Yeah, I I just think that it's it's overwhelming, and then you, you put Brad Marchand in the playoffs. And I can't the wait to see him line does. up against Max Domi. Oh, dude, I mean, Max Domi has a chance to get himself paid for the offseason here. I mean, he only he has five through, points like, since getting acquired, so he hasn't been doing Oh, shit. no, uh, I'm saying if he can go in and run somebody over and be effective and play his game, but the problem is with him is he almost gets overly engaged. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, he gets to that point, and now he's, now he's putting himself in the box and all that. I think after my prediction and more of the Freddie Anderson injury, I have the Bruins in six. All right. And then we have the last first-round matchup, my New York Rangers versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Possibly the last hurrah for the core three of Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. Malkin and Latang are both free agents at the end of the year. Uh, news came out that Tristan Jari will be missing at least games one and two of the first round, which means Casey DeSmith is in goal. Rangers have home ice advantage. Who do you got? I got you guys in five. I, I just think uh, overall you're the better team. I, I never want to discount um, the Penguins out, especially in the playoffs, but I do think that injury to Jari is uh, – I think it's big. I mean, th- there's days where we've seen Jari being a really good goaltender, and then there's days we've seen Jari be completely inefficient. I just think for Casey DeSmith, this is a big ask g- going against the lineup yeah. that you guys have uh, coming over the boards and – I, I like I said. I mean, I do think Pittsburgh is not going to be an easy thing, but I do think that you guys have them in five. Yeah, I think even the games that we win, and, and well, and I'll say the other part too is, I mean, after Igor gave them the kiss of death wave at center yep. ice, I just think that, that that's, that's the thing like about this your team, number. right? So the Penguins, 
each time we played them this year, by the end of the game, they've been so rattled that they've been it's almost on the verge of a melee because of how mentally rattled they are as we're skating off the ice with a win to the point where, like you said, Igor is waving to him bye-bye at the Garden the last game of the year that they played each other. The Truba versus Malkin matchup from throughout the regular season has led to Malkin almost losing his mind. And that's Malkin's MO, right? His entire career. Get under his skin and get him off his game. Sometimes that turns him into a beast and he just puts up 10 points in three games. Most of the time, he gets distracted and he takes terrible penalties, takes major penalties. He's off the ice. You're on a power play. Chuba has played that role yep. to perfection against Malkin. So the Rangers can roll Lingren and Fox, Miller and Chuba as their top four against anybody's top two lines and feel comfortable. Uh, those two pairs, funny enough, I know Fox won the Norris last year, but those two pairs are interchangeable. doesn't matter who's on the ice, that top four I feel comfortable with. And then Panarin and Copper coming back healthy after missing the last two games for precautionary reasons. So now we have our top, uh, well, now all four lines are back to the way they were after the trade deadline minus Tyler Mott, who now word came out today that Gallant says he has a chance of coming back in the middle of the first round. Meanwhile, three weeks ago, he said, yeah, he's done for the year with his shoulder injury. So now there's a chance he comes back, and now you would have a fourth line of uh, Mott, Goodrow, and uh, Hunt versus uh, – oh, sorry, Mott, Goodrow, and Rooney on a fourth line. And then you have the third line of Lafreniere, Hedl, and Kakos at a kid line. And then you have Panarin, Strom, Kopp, Kreider, Mika, and Vitrano. Uh, the best third-round pick trade the last few years in my mind, getting Toronto for a third-round pick. Um, so, yeah, I just think the Rangers have their number. We've beat them all year this year. The huge edge and goal, Igor's having one of the best individual goaltending seasons of the last 10, 15 years. So I have Rangers in five setting up a nice little second-round matchup on the I-95 corridor. Oh, a little Subway series. <laughs> so if that holds true, I can't I can't lose again in the second round to you guys. It can't happen again. <laughs> Let's get through this first round. We're more hoping that uh, we'll see what happens. I don't want to confirm or deny anything just yet. I just want to uh, see how these things play out, my friend. I mean, so- if... If our predictions hold true, so your second round would be Colorado versus Minnesota, Calgary yes. versus Edmonton, mm-hmm. out west. Out in the east, it would be Florida versus Tampa Bay, and the yep. Bruins versus the Rangers. Correct. Besides, obviously, you have Rangers. all the same except you would have Dallas versus Edmonton. Yes. Okay. Obviously, let's just take your picks here. Obviously, Bruins Rangers would be the one we're most invested in emotionally. But out of all four of those matchups, there's not one bad matchup. Oh no, that's 
That's some good hockey. Hey, that's some good eating. That that's the NHL's wet dream right now is Battle of Alberta in the second round. Mm-hmm. Then you have Colorado and Mini, and then in the East the rematch between Tampa Bay and Florida, and then you have two original sixes in the Northeast, the two biggest, two of the three biggest television markets in the game, with the Bruins and the Rangers. Pretty uh, sweet deal for the first year with ESPN and TNT. Now speaking of that deal. I saw this uh, stat today, and it threw me for a loop. So this year, even though ESPN has the hockey deal that they are paying $225 million annually for, they had 18 ESPN nationally aired NHL games this year. They had 24 ESPN nationally aired darts games this year. Are you fucking kidding me? Does that include the ABC games? Because if it, I don't think it does. I, I don't know if it's including the ABC games, but j- just on the other end of it, like ESPN needs cer- certain things, right? And like one of the things that makes me fucking like cringe is we get to March Madness, and then ESPN has the rights to the NIT. I don't give a fuck about the national runner-up college basketball championship of people who didn't make it to the dance i don't care like why can that not be on espn too like why cannot they couldn't air hockey during that like that's the thing to me that drives me crazy yeah i get it it's just espn is at this point they have to cast such a wide net because they're losing viewers that's like okay we're gonna have to spread the love to everything hopefully in order to get a little bit of everybody versus we're going to focus exclusively on this and alienate 75% of our potential viewer base. So I kind of get the ESPN thing, but ABC, I think had 18 national weekend games of their own this year. So, and on basic cable, which is something that the NHL struggle with, with NBC and especially since ABC broadcast had a full pre and post game and it, the game didn't end on NBC and went and they said, all right, final buzzer is sounded. Thank you for joining us. Let's send you to NASCAR immediately as soon as the buzzer sounds. So yeah, it, it's a little bit frustrating, but we, we just got to understand that when it comes to ESPN <laughs> and cable paid cable, we're never going to be king. I get that, but I mean, eighteen NHL hockey games compared to twenty-four fucking darts. Like, dude, I find really? it hard to believe that it was only eighteen because the Rangers themselves played on like five this year. I say, I think we had three. Yeah, and like I saw Minnesota and St. Louis on ESPN, but that's like, strictly ESPN. That that's not ESPN Plus. That's not TNT. No, ESPN. No, that's strictly ESPN. Yeah. And by the way, now that we have a full regular season in the books, which broadcast, including like the whole thing, pre and post game, the game itself, the announcers, the the angles, everything. Did you like ESPN or TNT? Personally, I like TNT. Yeah, me too. Although, I mean, it is a little cringy to hear Wayne Gretzky as an analyst just being like, everybody's just so good. He's like the PTA mom. Everybody's just trying so hard out there. Well, the problem is, is they jerked Wayne off so hard the first couple of like. Oh yeah, you know, every time he came out of the camera, like here he is, the greatest ever. <laughs> yeah, and it's like to me, it was like I think Wayne was extremely uncomfortable, and and hopefully here now going into the playoffs where 
you actually need to give an analysis. You, you actually need to say, hey, Calgary is playing really good. Dallas needs to make these adjustments. Hey, LA had a really good period. They contained McDavid and Dreisaitl. This is what Ed, like, I think that's what they actually need. And I'm hoping that for the playoffs, they can get away from just the, the stroke off session that is Wayne Gretzky. And it's not that he doesn't deserve it, but I mean, the first one of the year, I get it, but every week, a, a little yeah. too much. I do um, like Messier and Chelios together, though. <laughs> Oh, dude, I love Chelly in general. The guy's an absolute fucking legend. But um, they should do what Major League Baseball does. They have active players and active coaches that didn't make the playoffs on the panel. Yeah, join in because those guys have real world, recent experience about game planning. Guys play maybe guys that go a little bit under the radar that they can hype up a little bit. So I think that would be a cool angle. You have. I mean, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, like, right there would be great. Yeah, Mr. Smiles, uh, Jonathan Taves. (laughs) No, but I I think it would be interesting to see, like, you know, playoff time, a guy who's won three cops. Like, I I just wonder how he would feel about certain things. It would be cool to have, like, uh, Barry Trotz on there. I think that would also be good, too. I mean, I just don't know, like, if Barry Trotz would do it in the sense of, uh, you think he would feel like he's giving up some of his like system if he's on like you know they're talking he's breaking down certain things he's like Possibly. and this is where they need to pinch down on the boards and <laughs> blah blah blah. I'll say yeah I don't I don't think uh, Lou Lamorello would actually let him anyway. Uh, it would be a cool idea though instead of just the same guys that haven't played in the last ten fifteen years uh, giving analysis. But all right, well those are our first round predictions. We did want to touch on very briefly since it's the end of the regular season. The Red Wings did announce that they're not renewing the contract of their head coach F, uh, uh, Blaisdell. So Detroit's going to be searching for a new head coach. Surprisingly, that's been the only news in the head coaching front. Usually the day after the regular season ends, the second day after it ends, you hear about a few more coaches being let go. Nothing yet. Um, for me, I think Lindy Ruff, it should be done in New Jersey. They've had two consecutive off seasons where they poured money into this team, high draft picks and nothing to show for it. Like not even close to a playoff appearance. So I think Ruff should be shown a door. Obviously Mike Yo in Philly as the interim coach, I don't think he's going to be brought back. So Philly's going to be searching for a coach. Then out West, uh, Obviously, Woodcroft and Edmonton has earned himself a long-term deal, so they found their guy. But, you know, San Jose uh, should move on from Bugner. They're going to bring in a new GM. He's going to want to bring in his own guy. Um, and then you have Winnipeg with Lowry as the interim coach. They did play a little bit better towards the end of the year. I'm not sure if that was that's enough to keep him in the gig full-time. Um, but I'm just surprised more openings have no haven't opened up yet yeah um as a whole i mean you know detroit was the only one like you said that came right out and said they're not renewing blaze hills contract so technically he didn't get fired they're they're just not bringing him back you know it must have just been end of a contract all right we're gonna split our ways i mean stevie y is very very um i'm trying to like say this the best way i can i mean He's very distinguished, and he's and he just knows what he's looking for. And to me, the only question is, does he already have 
his next coach lined up, or is it just an idea? I think you already know who he wants. I think so, too, and it's like, now, for me, with him coming from uh, Tampa, like, do you think there's certain people he has lined up? Do you think he's looking at Jeff Halpern or uh, Lalonde here, or do you think it's somewhere else? I mean, I think it's Lalonde, to be honest. I mean, no, it's just one of those questions. I mean, you know, Paul Maurice is still out there. Uh, I hate to sound crazy, but I'm probably going to sound crazy. I mean, Babcock's still out there. Babcock in Detroit was pretty good. <laughs> so I, I just, I don't know where teams are going to go. Uh, as for the other end, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think Bugner did an awful job in San Jose, but this is now Bugner's second kick at the can of being a head coach. Actually, maybe even third now. And, and I just don't think he's completely grabbed the bull by the horns. Like you said, new GM going to be coming in. Don't really like the fit. Um, I'm just kind of like uh, that team in general. I just have not been a, yeah. a, a big fan of, but I think neither here nor there. I think for San Jose, and again, this isn't a knock on a guy. It's just the opportunity itself. I think that's a David Quinn type landing spot where they're in a rebuild. They're young. They need, yeah. They're, they're going to be even younger. They're going to need a guy who. It's not going to be a first-time head coach. He has New York experience, so he's not going to get rattled by the three media reporters in San Jose. Um, and he did instill a culture change in New York that we're benefiting from now. So I think that's the type of scenario where a team like San Jose might be looking for Quinny. The only reason why I mentioned Maurice to you earlier over text about Detroit is the Team Canada connection. Um, like if Eisman wants to go with a proven guy who is a winner that he has a relationship with and he thinks Detroit is a couple moves away in the offseason and the right head coach away from contending, then he might go for a guy like Maurice. But I do think he might he's gonna be pulling somebody from Tampa. I think he gave Blasel his chance, he didn't run with it. He's probably disappointed that Detroit kind of sputtered off at the end. He's been there for seven years. So I think he's going to try and instill as much of the Tampa Bay organizational culture in Detroit as he can. And I think that's the next step logically is the head coach. All right. Now I have a question for you kind of revolving around all that. Now, do we believe the Florida Panthers as a whole are this good based on roster construction or do we think that they're, they're this good based on coaching? Because, I mean, the Coach Q thing happened. Yeah, and he didn't miss a beat. Q, they didn't miss a beat. Now, going forward, I mean, Coach Q, end of the year, does he go back to Florida? Or are we now discussing him now going somewhere else? I think Q's done. Q's done. All right. I don't think he's going to be coming back. I don't. One, I don't think a team's going to want to risk a bad PR because of – what led to his dismissal. But two, at this point, Quinville's probably like, fuck out of here. He's won his cups. He's won his coach of the years. He's one of the winningest coaches of all time. He's made millions and millions of dollars. He doesn't need the bullshit that he would. He Quinville doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to go through the interviewing process to get a job 
to go back on the 82 game plus a year grind and then grovel at his introductory press conference. Please forgive me. I meant that's not cute. And oh, I think, no, I, he, he doesn't beg for forgiveness. Yeah, and no. I think that would be a prerequisite for any team who wants to hire and be like, listen, it's for PR. You need to admit to your wrongdoings, ask for forgiveness, and he's not that guy. So I think no, he's in a position where... No, that's not apologize. Yeah, I think he's in a position where he's just riding off to the sunset. And I think Brunette's earned an extension there. All right. But that's all we got. So game we're recording this Sunday night, May 1st, game one. For several series kick off tomorrow, Monday, and then the rest kick off on Tuesday. Can't wait. Oh man, if Dallas pulls off that upset, I'm gonna hold that over you for the rest of the, the offseason. <laughs> no, that, that's all right, you hold that over me. I wouldn't be upset about that. I'm just, <laughs> but I'm excited. Playoff hockey's back. We're gonna be jazzed up. I'm this time next week, we'll have probably a mid series update. Uh, it's probably going to be games before most game five. So we'll have an, an ability to recap the first four games of, the se- of most of the series before, you know, winners are determined uh, after we record and then we rev up for round two. I, I just want to see as to number wise, as to whether how close or far apart we were on the actual games of Winning and losing. Yeah, we have most games series going long, except for I had Florida sweeping and the Rangers in five, but close games. And then you had an easy series for Calgary over Dallas. Otherwise, it was all tough series for us. Yeah, so we'll see where we end up. I'm, I'm excited, man. Let's do it. Get me to 7 o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, all right, everybody. You heard the man. You heard when the update will be. And, uh, very excited, and you know what? We don't even need to do shout-outs this week. Shout-out to Playoff Hockey. That's where we're going. And uh, we will catch you guys in about a week, and we'll, we'll get some updates. And Oh, baby, playoffs are back. Let the beard grow, pal. Let the beard grow. Bye-bye. We'll catch you. Century doing something mean to it, do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it, screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. Broken, the schools closed, the prisons open We ain't got nothing to lose, motherfucker, we rollin' Huh? Motherfucker, we rollin' With some light-skinned girls and some Kelly Rollins And this white man world